You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check it out online. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I have done that intro now, I don't know, lots of times. If I try to do two things at once, I can't get through it. You'd think it would be so burned into my brain skulls that um, I could pull that off while trying to adjust volume or, or whatever it is I need to do. No can do. One thing at a time. <laughs> Today on this, check it out on the Packer Daddy underscore Palmer Home. Anyways, um, lots, 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 lots to get to today because I want to cover way too many things. And of course, we got to do two days of training camp uh, yesterday and today or two days, whatever. You know how this works, right? I'm a day behind. But um, before we launch into lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things, some things to cover first and foremost. First of all, um, very good to be back. I have not actually recorded anything since last Thursday. That's not true. I think I recorded with Coach Hahn on Friday morning. But anyways, I was fortunately able to go on a vacation and not have to choose between recording on a laptop in my van and um, not doing a podcast thanks to the wonderful people like Coach Hahn, like Mr. JJ, and of course, Mr. Matt Ramage, who were able to fill in for me. Very, very greatly appreciative to those fine folks, and I do want to make that more of a regular thing uh, on the off chance I have to take a day off here and there, which is something that I like to do sometimes. Secondly, um, I always assume that everybody listening has always listened and um, kind of operate from that mindset. But the, as I've mentioned before, the numbers are quite a bit higher. And I just checked, and I've said this before, and we're continuing our track. Every month so far, we have uh, grown over last year in the same month. So 2021 January is better than 2020 January, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're averaging about 22% higher. So just want to say howdy to all the new folks. And to anybody that came over from uh, the Matt Ramage camp, I'm sorry to disappoint you. That is not what you're getting. (laughs) <laughs> you're just that's not that's not how this works to quote katie who i thought was my friend um i just read charts and stuff or something to that effect so um nothing super entertaining so all the new folks welcome if you've been hanging around a while and you like what i do and you want to support my efforts um i have amassed because i'm silly like that i've amassed some expenses I have numerous uh, expenses. I just got charged for Game Pass, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to cancel because I'm probably not going to use it very much, especially now that All-22 is not a thing, so I'm not paying for that. But there are other things, and PFF is unbelievably expensive, which I use extensively, as well as, you know, The Athletic and other Packers-related things and contract-related things. Anyways, if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support me for as little as a dollar per month. Um, I... Don't want to miss anybody, but thank you to Brian Rowan. I, I don't don't think there's anybody else, and I'm sorry if there is, but thank you very much to Brian Rowan for jumping in on the Patreons. And again, Palmer Home for Children is the charity that we'll be supporting. The total charity is up to $22,213. Uh, we personally have raised $1,312, thanks to um, all of you fine people. That is open and will remain open until Labor Day. You can find a link to that on my Twitter, pack underscore daddy, as well as in the Hey, Podcast Facebook group pinned to the top somewheres. I actually just received a fine letter from them today, just uh, sort of thanking me for jumping in and for helping out and gave a, a nice story of a particular person who was in the home. I'd read it, but, you know, again, short on time. So it's, it's a long letter, but it was very nice. Finally, 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 
If you're following me on the socials, you probably noticed that we are doing a giveaway on Instagram. Thank you very much to my uh, Instagram uh, runner. (laughs) Stupid. I'm stupid. Mr. Jacob, who uh, helps me with my Instagram, and by helps me, I mean basically runs it. He's going to be giving away a Alan Lazard autographed football, and it does come with the Certificate of Authenticity, so it's a legit thing. Alan Lazard Packers football, it's super cool. You can see pictures of it, um, well, wherever, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And it's real simple, but it all starts with following Packernet Podcast on Instagram. You're going to tag three Packer fans, follow the account, unlimited entries, and the winner will be announced 8-6, which I believe is Friday. I will announce it here on this podcast. So do those things, tune in Friday, see if you want a football. Sound good? All right, let's get started. So the first thing I want to start with, and I know some people are going to kind of roll their eyes, but I want to do it anyways, is um, looking at camps around the NFL. I actually got some feedback on Twitter from somebody saying they basically don't like when I do that. Um, At the very least, I have to cover Bears, Vikings, Lions. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. But as I'm going through it, I really, really appreciate it. Part of it is, you know, I know some people are just Packer fans, and I'm kind of a, I'm becoming more of an NFL fan, so maybe it's more for me and not for everybody. But it also, if nothing else, really gives you a good perspective of what's going on around there, because you see things in Green Bay Packers camp, and you either get really excited, or you get really bummed out. But when you see what's going on around the NFL, for example, you see them hyping guys up, and you're like, you guys are so stupid. Like, dude, it's training camp. But then you realize, oh, yeah, I just said that almost word for word about TJ Slayton. So maybe I'm an idiot, too. Or somebody gets hurt, and you think it's the end of the world, and you realize, dude, things are real bad for other teams, like real bad. Or just disorganized. You know, whatever. It just gives you perspective. Also, it's just good to know what's going on around the NFL, right? Things change, the rookies and all these different things. We're going to have to play these teams, right? You don't play in a vacuum. That's the biggest lesson here. The Packers don't just play the Packers. It's not like you just build a team and then you jump on a scale and they weigh the talent and go, oh, you win. Here's your trophy. You have the the densest amount of talent. Here's your trophy. No, you have to play these other teams. Everything is is relative. How good you are is relative to the other teams in 2021. So these things are important. I'm going to start ripping through because I got a bunch of notes. Some of them are more interesting than others, but we're going to go team by team. Starting off with the San Francisco 49ers, basically, Trey Lance took the number one spot. Uh, not not saying took it as in it's officially his, but they gave him uh, opportunities with the number ones, and he was absolutely on fire. To summarize, Lance went 13 of 14 with the highlight being a bomb on a post to Sherfield. Remember those pro day throws where the quarterback rolls left and he's a deep? That was the throw. Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, the chairs. I always do this around dinner time. Taco Tuesday, by the way. Two weeks in a row. Jimmy finished 9 of 15. He had a pass broken up and another one tipped, but he was fine outside of that. So that's the discrepancy. And it's kind of funny because I saw somebody on Facebook, and I know they're just being stupid, but they had a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo basically saying he's going to like break some touchdown. I don't know what it was. Something stupid. It's like, dude, he's not even going to win the job at this point. Um, Shanahan also running a ton of read option. I could, you know, When I saw Trey Lance, my mind went to Colin Kaepernick. Then he goes to the 49ers, and I'm thinking, okay, kind of like Colin Kaepernick. And now they're running a ton of read option, and it's like, okay, all right. So we're doing this all over again, are we? And as JJ pointed out, this is kind of the way things are going. You got the 49ers who are going to be running it. You've got Arizona with an extremely mobile quarterback. You've got Baltimore with probably the most mobile quarterback, um, elusive runner, maybe ever, at least until Michael Vick. So it, it's becoming more and more of a thing, and um, the you know, talking about relative, right? How good is our defense going to be is somewhat relative to how well it's equipped to stop offenses. And I know that sounds like a stupid sentence, but the question is, what are NFL offenses today? And and this is kind of a bigger point because everybody was real excited about Mike Pettin. Why? Because of the success Mike Pettin had back in like 2014. And I just pulled that out of the air, but I believe he was good around 2014. The question for all coaches, and I kind of laid this out a long time ago, but there's different levels of how good of a coach you are. And at the very least, you're able to run a system. And I think Mike Pettin ran a system and he ran it very, very well. He ran the Rex Ryan system very well. But as offenses adapted beyond that, the question is, how well can Mike Pettin basically be a different defense, right? Is, is your skill set that you are just a very creative individual that is going to look at offenses and say, this is how we're going to stop it, and you you sort of mimic what NFL offenses are doing today, or are you static 
in running a Rex Ryan defense? Well, Mike Pettin kind of, arguably, I guess, because it sounded like he was very different in the way he ran things. But the point is, we wanted him to run a Rex Ryan defense, but that's not what's what's in today. And the reason we hired the guy that we did, whether you like him or not, is because he is is a guy that has been on teams that are running defenses that are on the cutting edge. Similar with Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was not talented necessarily in, in Tennessee if you just look at their record. As I've said before, their offense got worse when Matt LaFleur showed up. That's not great. So why do you hire him? Because Matt LaFleur, as far as all the guys that are available, understands how to run the offense that's winning today better than anybody else that's available. Now, I don't know if you can necessarily say that about Joe Barry, and I don't even think the Packers had him number one on the list, but if you're saying, I want to do what the Rams are doing right now, the question is, who's going to help you implement that? If you want to run what Vic Fangio's running, who's going to help you implement that? Joe Barry's the guy. Well, he's not, he hasn't had success in the past. Well, it is what it is. The, the point is, as the head coach, he's saying, I want to run this. Just like when the Packers said, I want to do what Kyle Shanahan's doing. What did they do? They went and got Matt LaFleur and said, bring that here. And he did, and it's working. So it's cool that we're going to be hopefully running something that's successful today. But the question is, as things evolve, as things continue to go back to that, and maybe it'll die out before it ever becomes a huge problem, right? All these guys, RG3, Kaepernick, whatever, they started running things Defenses figured it out, and then they died out before it became too big of a problem. But the the bigger question is not just can you run what we want to run, but can you adapt as things change? Because things are changing right before our eyes. Is this the guy that's going to be like, all right, I, I know how we're going to stop it? I'm just, just throwing it out there. Bears up next, and I probably should save them, but I'm just going in alphabetical order. Um, this is probably hyperbole, but the first note I had on them, Fields has already completed more long passes over the middle in camp than Trubisky did in four years. Again, probably hyperbole, but the point is he had a very good day today. It's just a reality. Um, somebody else in the Bears camp kind of brought it back down to reality a little bit. He said, yes, all of Chicago wants to see Justin Fields. There's a ton of excitement for him, but Andy Dalton looks sharp in camp. He seems very comfortable with that playbook and his timing down uh, and has timing down with his targets. Matt Nagy and players have spoken highly of his preparation. So still not entirely sure, but if you're a Bears fan, not a bad day. Otherwise, not good news. Bears nose tackle Eddie Goldman is going to the reserve COVID-19 list. On top of that, James Daniels also left practice with a thigh injury. No update on, on, on Elijah Wilkerson, who is not at practice today. In Bill's news, Jay Kumaro's breaking out, so that's, that's great. Um, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie also looking good. Uh, no Deion Dawkins, Ike Bodiger, Jerry Hughes, Jacob Hollister, John Feliciano, if you care. Those guys were not in camp. Denver Broncos, bottom line, they're running the ball real well. And Javante Williams, the running back that they picked up, is looking real, real solid. Um, Shermer, as well as Fangio, have both speak, spoken very highly of him. Uh, very good instincts, running ability, very obvious. Um, there was seemingly good news on K.J. Hamler that he could be back. And then next thing you know, he got put on the COVID list, which I feel like... Am I wrong in saying that there are a lot more people on the COVID list now than there were last year at this time? Because I feel like it's way higher. Maybe I'm just not remembering that properly. It's a lot of people. And I'm actually shocked that I don't think anyone on the Packers has. Maybe they, I don't know. But there's a lot of people that have been put on that COVID list. Um, in Brown's camp, their starting linebacker, Anthony Walker, um, has got some injuries, says he won't need surgery on the knee, but he is out and could miss a week or a couple weeks or something to that effect. Um, otherwise a bunch of highlights as far as passes, but who cares? Baker completes a pass. Not that interesting. I mean, he's not looking bad, but at this point he's a, he's a quality starting quarterback in the NFL. It's just what you expect, right? I'm not going to tell you, well, I probably will tell you when Aaron Rodgers completed a pass, but it's Packers. Um, as far as Cardinals news, Christian Kirk has been out with a minor injury. Rondale Moore stepping right up and he's looking real good. That should upset, I'm sure a few Packers fans who are upset about, you know, not getting Rondale Moore. Um, Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs is now leaving practice. Apparently he has knee tendonitis. I don't know what the outlook is on that, but that's his issue. Charvarius Ward was injured, but he just got poked in the eye. Chad Williams also injured. No insights as to what that is with the Chiefs. You know, obviously, yeah, a bunch of hype for their quarterback and how great he's looking in camp, but injuries are starting to stack up a bit. Speaking of the culture, an absolute disarray. And this is interesting because, and we'll get to the Lions, but you know, there have been a couple fights, and the Lions are probably the most interesting, but when you look at the Colts, you realize how fragile this whole thing is. I think, you know, obviously, Wentz is not all that great, but this is a team I've said for a while is right on the cusp if they could just get a quarterback. I thought maybe Phillip's R Phillip Rivers was the guy because he's at least competent enough to get it done, but he was new to the system, blah, 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 whatever. 
Well, Carson Wentz is not the answer, and he's hurt, and he's going to be out several weeks. Now there's news. Quentin Nelson, maybe the best player on their entire team, is out, has the exact same injury as Carson Wentz, will need surgery, and will be out for maybe five to six weeks. To make matters worse, the offense was absolutely a disgrace in training camp. Here's one note. It says, how's the offense looking for the Colts today? Jacob Eason on the ground several times, botched snaps, picked six by Grover Stewart. Yeah, it doesn't look too good so far. Again, perspective. When you see, for example, Eric Stokes not having a great day, just remind yourself it could be a lot worse. This team is done. They're cooked. Can you imagine being a Colts fan where you feel like you're right on the cusp and you get all this bad news and you have an offense that can't even operate on a basic level right now? It's horrible. Field Yates points out the Colts now have three key offensive starters that are dealing with notable injuries that could linger into the season. Quarterback Carson Wentz, foot injury, 5-12 to week recovery. All-pro guard Quentin Nelson, 5-12 to week recovery. And left tackle Eric Fisher, who they picked up, has an Achilles tear suffered in the AFC Championship, which obviously they knew about prior to, but that's not great. Cowboys, again, a lot of hype videos, um, you know, C.D. Lamb running Chris Browts and all that stuff. However, the only thing of substance that I noticed was this little note here. It says, Cowboys quarterback Desk- Dak Prescott has, quote, taken a step, pack- step back. I'm really sorry that I am just stumbling. I don't know what my problem is. I got taco tongue or something. Taking, taking a step back, unquote, in his return from shoulder strain, Coach Mike McCarthy said, quote, for being more conservative with his timetable, unquote. Prescott won't throw today, won't play in the Hall of Fame game. Team trying to avoid it becoming something bigger. So he's hurt, and there was a setback with his recovery, and so they're just going to not play him for a while. That is something to keep an eye on. And, and Cowboys fans who are talking a big game, somewhat unnecessarily, and, and granted, if Mike McCarthy could just get out of the team's way, they should have a lethal offense. The defense is still kind of trash. But this is serious. Dak Prescott is the thing that makes this thing go. It may as well be the same situation with Aaron Rodgers. If he doesn't play, then just forget it. It's over. And if Dak has a lingering shoulder injury, even if he plays through it, that's not good. Uh, As far as the Dolphins stuff, Tua, not super exciting. Uh, Says he went three or four in the opening period. Had a really nice lofting corner out, blah, blah, blah. The one guy that is really exciting, though, and this is also interesting for those of you in fantasy football, Jalen Waddle is really, really impressing a lot of people. There's two notes on him. Jalen Waddle just ran the nastiest of routes in one-on-ones, put his man in the spin cycle. Next note said Waddle continues to flourish on screens from Tua, as expected. Will be fun tracking yards after the catch from Waddle and Wilson off screens this year. Uh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts not looking good. Um, Devontae Smith is injured right now, so there's not a whole lot of information from him. Zachers, though, they're getting a ton of hype. I don't know how much I buy into it. It's from Eagles reporters, but, you know, basically, oh, if you guys thought he was out, you guys are nuts. You got to also keep in mind, there's a lot of hype about, um, you know, like, not, well, whatever, yesterday for me, Bears defense looks so good. It's so nasty. It's so crazy. Dude, yeah, but it's against the Bears offense. So, you know, putting things in perspective here. Falcons camp, again, terrible, terrible defense, but all the hype, all the rage is Kyle Pitts. That's all you need to know. Huge, massive hype. And considering Julio's gone, especially if you're talking about fantasy football, it's probably not the worst idea because I think they're just going to force feed that guy to death. Giants camp, probably the craziest of all. Um, First of all, Curious Tony, first target out of camp is a drop. So again, perspective. You get mad that we didn't get Rondale Moore. But I mean, think about that. Kadarius Tony took his first target of camp and he dropped it. Amari has not had that bad of news, and he's a third-round pick. Um, Kenny Galladay walked off with a trainer. Um, He had to go inside, so he's having some injury issues with the Giants. Daniel Jones is looking real good for the Giants, which I've been been a big fan of Daniel Jones. I know he fumbles a lot, so everybody thinks he's a big joke, and the team's not good, so they put that on the quarterback. So everyone just thinks he's a joke. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, He needs to work on cleaning up the fumbles, and, you know, they need to build a better team around him. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, Jones went 7-7 seven seven in full team periods, 4-4 four for four and 7-on-7s. Seven seven. Mike Glennon, 4-4 four four team period, 3-3, three 7-on-7s. Three, seven seven. Clayton Thorson was 1-1 one one in full. So 7-7, seven 4-4, 4-4, 3-3, 1-1. Four for four, four for four, three for three, Nobody had an incompletion. <laughs> the Giants' defense got worked. But the craziest part about the Giants' team um, was this little nugget. Full team brawl at Giants camp with quarterback Daniel Jones somehow at the bottom of the pile. Joe Judge is absolutely livid. He's got the players lined up now to run. Again, perspective. 
Hard to see exactly what happened. Running back Corey Clement took a bit of, bit of a hit at the end of the run. Tight end Evan Ingram retaliated, and then he got popped by Logan Ryan. Then everybody, and I mean everybody, jumped in. After doing 100-yard runs and not hard enough for Joe Judge's liking, players are now lined up on the goal line doing push-ups. There is dead silence except for Joe Judge's whistle and his expletives, so many expletives. Giants players are running goal line to goal line again and again, and now back to push-ups. Joe Judge is doing his best Herb Brooks imitation now. Now Joe Judge gathering his players around him and sent his coaches away. He wants them all to himself. And now practice is mercifully over. Wow, I've never seen Joe Judge so angry. Actually, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone that angry. That was via Ralph Vacciano of NFL Insider. Um, Again, remember what I said about how some teams just don't have it, right? They're just not there yet. It's not just a matter of talent. It's about, you know, just there's a system in place. And everybody has to be on board on that system. And the team is systematic. They're almost robotic. I use the term mercenaries. They're a ruthless, unstoppable force. The Packers aren't perfect, but they are a well-oiled machine. And if you want to know what I'm talking about in terms of teams that are not that way, look at the Eagles, look at the Giants. I mean, the Colts, you know, it's not necessarily their fault. It's just kind of a mess. Uh, for the Jaguars, Tua's looking good, and that's about it. Nothing, or not Tua, um, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Trevor Lawrence, I, he's, I, for some reason, he's the one I have the hardest time remembering. I remember all the other quarterbacks. Justin, no, see, see, just did it again. Trevor Lawrence, um, nothing super crazy. Like, he looks super, which is, again, weird. Justin Fields, tons of hype. Even even a lot of the other, not as much about Trevor. Maybe it's just because it's such a foregone conclusion, nobody cares. But where are all the Jaguars fans and media like, dude, this guy is but anyways, he looks good. Um, on the opposite end of that, Zach Wilson, not so much. Note on Zach Wilson for the Jets. Zach Wilson had a so-so day. Some good throws early, including a long completion to Vincent Smith. Sputtered on third down period, ending with a sack. Plus three straight incompletions. Finished eight of 13. Three sacks. Pocket got messy. Held the ball. Learning how to work in phone booth. So, not the greatest. Uh, there is quite a bit of hype about Elijah Moore. So, something to keep an eye on. But nothing crazy enough where I would jump on him in fantasy. I mean, depending on how late in the round you're getting. Lions camp. Now, I mentioned the Lions briefly before. Basically, their head coach said something to the effect of, pads are on, now is when I want guys to get nuts, right? I want them to, to, he said something to the effect of, bring it right up to the line where you're almost like swinging at guys, but not quite, which of course is stupid. If you're telling, if you're communicating to your players that I want you to swing at guys, but you know, just hold yourself back. No, dude, you're communicating your, to your guys you want them to swing. And I'm telling you within five minutes of practice, and I'm kind of making that up, but it was almost instant after I saw that, is this note. First fight, and this is the first fight of the day, not just for the Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown versus Efedi Melfanwu throwing some serious punches during special team reps. This is entirely because of what the coach wants. And I had somebody reach out, you know, old school football guy, and, and I usually sympathize with this, with the idea that, you know, good, right? I want to see that energy. I want you to be tough. I want you to be mean. We've, we've talked about it before. I want more guys like Mike Daniels, more guys like Jair with a chip on their shoulder. But this is training camp, and you're fighting your own guys. And when you got guys falling, that when you have the Colts, basically they're done. Their season is completely over due to injury. Why are you subjecting yourself to this? Why are you subjecting yourself to these kinds of problems? Don't do it. I mean, you could break your hand. We had we had a guy, we didn't get to the Panthers yet. Um, basically, I don't know how serious it was. He went away on a stretcher because, he got, because of a hit he took from his own teammate. You got to find a way to give your guys an edge that doesn't include killing your own guys. This is just stupid to me. The most important thing, the absolute most important thing in training camp, which makes it seem not super important, but it is, but still healthy. Get out healthy. Guys are going to be done for the season in training camp. It happens every year. It happens all the time. Don't be that team. If you don't want Devontae Adams coming down and busting his knee, going up for a pass and having some safety flying out and trying to take him out, take out his legs. Because you want to show that, you know, you're not going to give up. You're going to keep fighting. No, forget that. Let him catch it. Let him come down clean. Tap him on the shoulder. I don't care if you look like a sissy. Your priority is to protect your teammates. Not try to knock his head off. That's just dumb. In other news, Tyrell Williams also injured for the Detroit Lions. Uh, just came back from the locker room with his pinky and ring fingers taped together on his left hand. So he busted a finger or something. Speaking of the Panthers, here is that exact note. Breaking, Panthers practice has come to a halt after wide receiver Keith Kirkwood is carted off after taking a hit to the head from defensive back JT Ebay. 
eBay has been kicked out of practice. Scary moment. Practice has resumed after 12-minute stoppage with Keith Kirkwood being transported out by ambulance. Keith Kirkwood has been released from the hospital. Per source, obviously, these are not one right after another. These were several minutes, hours apart. And then the next note, that didn't take long. The Panthers have waived JT eBay, who put the hit on Keith Kirkwood. Now, granted, if this was a starting player, he probably wouldn't have been cut. But you better be real cemented to not get kicked off a team for doing something stupid like that. Patriots, uh, basically, it sounded like Mac Jones was off actually getting off to a better start. At the beginning of practice, Mac Jones went 3 of 3 of 2 flat throws and a sliding catch by Jacoby Myers in a deep out. Cam Newton went 0 for 2, slightly underthrown balls. By the end of camp, though, it was pretty widely understood that Cam was the guy and Mac Jones was really not looking good. He kind of fell apart as time went on. So a uh, good start to the day, not a very good finish. Doesn't look like Mac has got a firm grap, gri- grip, grasp, whatever, on that starting job. Uh, for the Ravens, John Harbaugh says Lamar Jackson will be back Friday or Saturday. Uh, he says it's a 10-day process. Sammy Watkins, Deion Kane looking good at wide receiver. Marlon Humphrey looking good for the team. Physical Ravens practice, as you would expect, but nothing too crazy where people are getting injured. Um, I think the Ravens are probably the gold standard, or, you know, Ravens, Steelers, whatever, for violence, and they probably have a pretty good way of, of keeping things aggressive without being stupid. Just saying. Uh, Rashad Bateman is uh, limited. He's out there, but he's limited. Kevin Zeitler um, apparently left practice early, offensive lineman Kevin Zeitler, so injuries for them as well. For the Steelers, Pat Fryermuth injured his shoulder. He's out with an ice bag on his right shoulder. As far as the upcoming game, Coach Tomlin said Mason Rudolph will start on Thursday for the Steelers game. Dwayne Haskins will finish the first half, and Josh Dobbs will finish the game. By the way, Steelers-Cowboys in two days are for you tomorrow. So that's crazy. I got to figure, dude, I got to, I'm going to have to pay for a service so I can watch that game. Starts at 7, huh? Got to make that work. Got to make it happen, man. That's why I'm recording at night so I can stay up and watch a football game. 7 o'clock Central Time? That sucks, dude. 10 o'clock's still late for me. I got to get up at 4. It's still six hours. No, it's not six hours. I'm not gonna, I, 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 maybe I'd watch till halftime, but it's not six hours because you have to go to bed. You have to go through the process of going to bed. You got to go to the bathroom. You got to change. You got to, you know, set up the phone, get married with children, queued up, lay there, watch about 15 minutes of that. I mean, it's 11 o'clock by the time you pass out, man. It's fine. Five hours is still fine. Let's stop being a girl about it. Sorry to all the female listeners. I'll start, I'll stop being a man about it, you know. There, now, now we're equal. <laughs> Saving the world. Equality. All right, what are we talking about? Texans, Deshaun Watson is pretending he has, a, I mean, he has a foot injury uh, so that he's not practicing. Sounds super serious. Probably won't be seeing him for a while. Uh, no details on what, what the injury is. Uh, I'm still cracking myself up about the... <laughs> yeah, sometimes I forget people actually listen to this show. But I enjoy it, you know? It's still, it's fun for me. So he's, he's pretend. I mean, he's hurt. He's uh, banged up or something stupid. I don't know. Uh, Titans camp, no sign of Julio Jones at Titans start warm-up start. Why don't people, you know, I have a hard enough time reading. I have a really hard time speaking. And then if you mess up a tweet, we're really in a world of hurt here. Type it properly so that I at least have a fighting chance here. No sign of Julio. I don't see a follow-up to that. I'm guessing he was out there. I don't know, but something. Who knows? Who cares? Not me yet. Washington, you got, uh, tight end Logan Thomas look real good for you fantasy folks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, if it was any doubt, Fitzmagic, who's, I believe, 59 now or 70 or something. I don't know. Um, Clearly the starting quarterback. He's got people all whipped up. He's making crazy plays out there. People love him as expected. He's going to be the guy. He's going to make magic happen. It's just what he does. First round pick or first round draft. I, I quit. What am I trying to say? That is correct. First round draft pick. Jamin Davis, linebacker, is impressing early and looks primed for a day one starting role. Again, more reason for people to be upset. I get it. It happens. Especially when we get to the Packers notes, you'll be be even more upset. Um, And then as far as Vikings news, hello there, Giant Spider. Um, 2020 first-round pick Jeff Gladney has been indicted by a grand jury in Dallas on charges of allegedly assaulting a woman in Dallas in April, according to Chris Thomas. I've read that whole thing to you before. If you're new here and you don't know what that's about, it's pretty vicious. It's pretty brutal. And if this was not the result, I would have been very, very upset. Um, The later news is that the Vikings did actually release Jeff Gladney. So um, I'll I'll start with that, or not start, but we'll do that before we get into the Packers notes because, again, Eric Stokes not having the best camp uh, so far. 
Sounded like he was going to at first, but he's just getting picked on now. And it's not just by Devontae, as some people would like to make it seem. It's by pretty much every player that we have on this team. But hey, at least Eric Stokes didn't beat up a lady and then go to jail. So sucks to be the Vikings. Also, and if you're asking why the Rams are last when I was doing this alphabetical order, that's a fantastic question that I don't have an answer to, but it is what it is. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford hit his thumb on a helmet today and is going to have some medical attention, did not resume throwing. McVay says, I think he'll be okay. A source with knowledge said that Stafford's x-rays were negative, so to reiterate my earlier thoughts, I don't think anybody's panicking, although I would not be surprised if he were held out the day or at least extra blah, 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 right? So he hurt his thumb. And we've seen that before. That can be kind of brutal, but it's not broken, so he'll probably be fine. Whew. That was 30 minutes, huh? All right. Um, Well, I guess we quite obviously have to take a break here. Uh, Probably going to have a pretty long second half. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we'll take a break, and we'll take a look at what the Packers have been up to. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I want to rip through just training camp uh, the last couple days. So I have it listed here as day one and day two, which is not correct. But essentially what we're talking about is Monday and Tuesday's training camp. And I'm going to go by day. So we'll do Monday and then we'll do Tuesday. Um, As of Monday, Randy Ramsey was injured, being helped off by training staff. Um, That sounds like, as of the update, I believe today, it's pretty serious. Um, I don't want to speculate too much, but he's going to be out for quite a while. And I don't know, I've talked before about how you got Preston, you got Zadarius, you got Rashawn, and then you have a pretty big chasm after that. I think they like Randy Ramsey, but... eh. I don't know that they like him enough that they're going to carry him on the roster if this is a very, like if he's done for the year kind of thing. I guess you can just throw him on IR, but still, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds bad. Um, Zadarius Smith's still out with a back injury, but he's on the sideline watching early portion of practice. Some quarterback notes for Monday. Love getting the last rep with the ones every cycle, so they're trying to get him mixed in with the ones more regularly, getting him up to speed. Um, Rogers coaching Benkert for going on two minutes now. That's becoming another thing where those two are working together a lot. I'm sure a lot of people try to reach it, read into that a lot. I'm guessing it's just Benkert being very inquisitive and Rogers just answering the question. I don't think it's, you know, 
as some people would believe, why is he coaching him up and not love? I don't know, man. He probably asked a question. That's that's probably why. Next note, loves, love rolls right, hits Blair in stride for a deep touchdown down the right sideline. Pretty play and end of period. Jordan Love not underthrowing that one. He rolls right and hits an open Chris Blair with a laser down the right sideline for a 45-yard touchdown. Might be his best throw of camp so far. Next note, Jordan Love inconsistency shows up again, misses some easy completions, but he finished the last two periods with long touchdown receptions on nice throws. Next note, sweet throw from Love to EQ on an out to the far hash. Some mustard on that one. Final note says Jordan Love and Jake Hansen really having trouble with the quarterback center exchanges. One was under center, one from the gun. Love then just ran into right, right guard Royce Newman trying to move up the pocket. So I don't know if the issue is the offensive line or love or a mixture of both or what, but obviously the twos being all new guys. And I I stand by the fact that Jordan Love is having his first rookie camp this year. There was a note, and maybe we're coming up to it, I don't know, but somebody had mentioned how um, Aaron Rodgers not only took snaps with the ones last year, but with the twos as well. So he got the number two spot. And remember, Jordan Love wasn't even the number two, so he got nothing last year. Jordan Love got nothing. So they, they've got a lot of work to do with him, with Royce, with Hanson, if he even sticks around. All these guys. Wide receiver notes. Rodgers moves his head to send some in motion. Cobb and EQ move, crossing the wires. Malik Taylor was two steps past everybody. Wobbly underthrown deep pass from Love ends up in what would have been a pass interference because Taylor had to slow up so much. Malik Taylor is blowing everybody away. Um, and I mean that in every way imaginable. Speed versus speed. MVS beat Stokes over the middle. Rodgers put it on the money. MVS took it to the house and sprinted back to the huddle. And now St. Brown starts next team period with a great uh, catch on a deep ball from Rodgers coming across and then came back to the ball. Rodgers hits Cobb on a delayed shallow crosser where everyone else had been running off deep. Expect to see that a lot this year. This is why you like to have a good slot receiver. Funches finds a hole in the middle of the field, sits in it. Rodgers climbs the pocket and finds him for an easy catch and run. Equinemius St. Brown has had a really nice start to camp. If he keeps this up when the pads come on, he's going to make things really interesting when it comes to deciding the wide receiver group, and I do think it's going to be interesting. Um, I haven't actually sat down and worked on that 53, but I'm going to have to and kind of review some of these notes and because uh, I do think it's going to be kind of interesting. Nothing much in running backs, but Patrick P- Taylor did hit, make his debut. I am, holy cow, am I struggling. He did make his debut on Monday. Tight end only note was Robert Tunyon makes a one-handed catch on a ball thrown behind him in drill work, uh, draws an approving applause from the fans on air or not. The guy catches everything. Again, with the tweets, man. Killing me. Killing me. Offensive line notes, Runyon gets first-team reps at left guard and team. Ben Braden working with the ones at right guard during first-team period today. Believe he is at left guard with the ones last week. Could be a sleeper pick to start. Former Badger offensive lineman Cole Van Lannen continues most uh, work mostly with the tackles during individual and team work. Think many projected him to play inside at the NFL level. Royce Newman getting more work inside now with Kelly at right tackle with the twos. Another day of no one being able to get around Elton Jenkins. He's legit been on set it and forget it in pass pro at left tackle. Um, if it wasn't such a ripoff, uh, I would probably want to put that on a t-shirt because I absolutely love that set it and forget it. I do wonder how many people in the audience don't know that, that what that reference is for. But anyways, it's a brilliant line. I believe it was Aaron Nagler's line. Uh, and then finally, Dennis Kelly getting some reps with the ones at right tackle. Uh, general defensive notes, Jerry Gray is walking and talking with Eric Stokes all the way down the length of Nitschke Field as Stokes heads to get to his bike. No off switch on Gray, always coaching. Uh, next note says, Joe Barry, Joe Barry is a vibe, literally hopping as defense sets and Rogers snaps the ball on team. Definitely a different type of defensive coordinator than what Green Bay has had maybe ever. Uh, defensive tackle note, Larry Matumbo's love pass at the line of scrimmage on second and eight in the two-minute drill. It's the second time I've seen that, and it always throws me off. It's like, who's Larry Matumbo? Oh, Lowry, Dean Lowry. Matumbo is, in other words, he batted a pass by Jordan Love. So that's Dean Lowry swatted a pass from Jordan Love. There you go. By the way, that's happened a couple times, and that's generally not by accident. If quarterbacks are consistently getting the balls batted down, it's not that the defensive line is getting lucky. Quarterback is doing something wrong. So that's also an issue. Um, edge notes, Gary just blew up a play in two minutes, exploding through the middle, forces Rodgers to throw early on an incomplete corner to Devontae. I don't know if we've had a day 
where Rashawn Gary didn't have great notes for the edge notes. It's just it's just an everyday thing. It might not be a ton, but there's always something. Um, cornerback notes: Jair is back in team today, uh, and then finally, cornerback Jair Alexander back taking team snaps, but to start out, he's just taking one snap and then coming out. So okay, whatever. Safety notes: two minute drill. Black is opposite Amos at safety, with Amos playing down alongside Barnes in the middle. So um, Henry Black has been the third safety a lot, and in this case, they're using him back as a free safety. They've been using him interchangeably quite a bit. So he right now is the number three guy. Next note says Rogers tries to zip one in to Tunyon on a crosser in two minute, but broken up by Savage, who was in tight coverage. Savage has had a nice couple plays also in training camp. He's been looking pretty solid. Uh, Mason Crosby notes Crosby hit a chip shot winner on the two minute drive. Drive help uh, by Savage, blah, blah, blah. Field goal drill Crosby made five of eight. He missed from 36, 45, and 53. Pretty uncharacteristic for him to be that bad. I shouldn't say that bad, but that's not great. J.K. Scott working on his directional punting. First two were pretty ugly. Next two are fantastic, which is pretty much a microcosm of the entire problem with J.K. Scott. He's unbelievably talented, and and the team in general, unbelievably talented, but you just wish there was more consistency, right? You say that about MVS. When he's good, he looks so good, but you just don't see enough of it. You could say that about Tunyon. You could even say it about Lazard. Right, even though he's probably doing a lot of good things, as far as him like breaking out and having great games, it's not enough. Billy Turner, even Kevin King, even though it's almost all bad, there's still some days where it's like, dude, he's so good. But it's way too inconsistent and the lows are way too low. And it's the same with J.K. Scott. When he's on, he looks real good. And overall, he had a great year last year. But he's gotta just get rid of the negatives. That's it's part of what I've said too about Adrian Amos, where it's like, I just although now he's legitimately like a top five guy, but in general, give me a guy that's just solid. You know what I mean? You don't need to be an elite player, but just you're just good on a down-to-down basis. I'm maybe not the best in football. I'm not a top 10 guy, but I'm never really having bad days. I'm just consistently doing my job. I love that. Give me that. Anyways, uh, day two of training camp, i.e. Tuesday's training camp. Um, injury lists, we got uh, great to see Josiah DeGuara making some cuts and doing some light catching this morning, coming off of a torn ACL. Um, and then kind of the big news here, Bailey Gaither retired per Packers spokesperson. Daniel Crawford, a tight end from Northern Illinois, is wearing number 80 jersey now. So um, not sure why. There's been a ton of that lately. Bailey Gaither decided this isn't for him. He's going to retire. This is the second for the Green Bay Packers after Stepniak stepped aside. Um, and now, again, we brought in a new tight end. Quarterback notes from Tuesday. Packers love to Amari... Packers love to Amari Rogers Scott in coverage. What in the world does that mean? <laughs> love completed a pass again. I, I just read them. I don't proofread them, right? Because then I have to do it twice and everything takes twice as long. So I'm just firing through this, assuming that when I took these notes, I was on point and I took notes that needed to be read on this podcast live and ready to go. And then, then when I do the podcast, I discover how much how much I'm not I'm not great. Anyways, Jordan Love has pulled it down a couple times today looking to run. Got to keep those eyes up. Just had Cobb wide open on a late crosser that never even got looked at. Young quarterback things, and that's that's where we're at, right? He's still young. And again, this is what you get with Jordan Love, and we knew that. Very raw prospect with a lot of upside, meaning he was ne- Stupid chairs. I'm going to lose my mind. He was never going to be the guy that came in day one like Justin Herbert and just is a great quarterback. That was never going to be a thing. He's going to take time. And again, this is year one, essentially. And he is looking good, just, you know, inconsistent, which again, he's a Packer. Final note, game's still slowing down for Love, but the arm talent is there. Delivers throws on a rope, ends drill with the perfect ball to Tompkins on a slant. Bunch of wide receiver notes here. Um, there's a lot of one versus ones, right? Just just man on man here. So I'm just going to rip through some of these. Uh, MVS beats Stokes. Winfrey beats Stokes. Savage beats Tunyon, but Savage is hurt. Not great. Cobb beats Sullivan. Lazard had Jackson beat, but throw was off. Amari Rogers cooks gains. Isaac Nauta roasts Henry Black. I love the uh, adjectives here. Verbs? Adjectives? I don't know. I'm bad. This is why I don't write. This is like every year in English class. Like, you know what verbs and adjectives and stuff are? It's like, no, I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I know what they are, but it's kind of both, right? You're describing something, but it's also an action. I'm sure it's just one, but I feel like I'm making at least a halfway decent argument for both. It's a verb, all right? Shut it. 
Nice battle between Funchess and Jair. Short catch for Devin. MVS beats Jair with an awesome route. Fantastic coverage by Jair, and MVS was just better than it. I'm going to punch you in the face. Winfrey absolutely took Stokes' soul off the line. Bad pass. So, again, Winfrey, first of all, looking fantastic. Stokes, not a lot of good notes. Uh, Continuing, Blair beats Holman at the catch point. Nice play. Amari just roasted another DB. Couldn't tell who. Winfrey now 3 of 3 against Stokes. Another nice catch. Taylor had Samuels cooked, bad pass. Gene Charles, close coverage on Begleton. First time I've said his name. Equinemius catches a deflected bobbled pass over Jackson. Um, I think that's it for the one versus ones. Continuing with the wide receiver notes, Love goes deep to Winfrey, but the two appear on different pages. I think Love expected Winfrey to bend, blah, blah, blah. Rare drop from Devante on an over route in team. Next note says, most impressive thing in wide receiver versus cornerback one versus ones is watching Juwan Winfrey get off the line of scrimmage. He is super quick. In last team drill, wide receiver Devontae Adams dropped an easy third down catch. Seems like he's always has drops early in camp and then not so much after that. Adams just won against Stokes. They spelled it O-N-E again. I love these guys, but sometimes they just need to get flicked. Adams just won again against Stokes, but uh, couldn't hold on. Did everything but complete the catch. Perfect throw by 12. So Adams had a pretty rough day. Not as far as route running and beating guys, but he just he couldn't hold on to the ball. I believe there were three drops. I'm not sure. Winfrey finds space on the sideline right in the heart of the turkey hole. <laughs> I feel like that's inappropriate for this show, but I'm not positive. Rodgers finds him easily. Winfrey has been on a breakout star of the offseason so far, and I'm not sure it's close. He's making plays every day. So... Again, if you're working on your 53s and you don't have Winfrey making it, you might need to adjust that. Running back note, Packers making sure Dylan gets as many reps as necessary in team with Rodgers and the starting offense, especially with pads going on today. So that's a fantastic note. And again, I do think Dylan is going to get a bunch of carries. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with more carries than Aaron Jones. And I know that sounds silly, and it does not mean Aaron Jones gets less play on the field. I think Aaron Jones is just a more versatile guy. He's going to get nearly as many runs, maybe. But he's also going to be on the third on third down a lot more. He's going to be catching a lot more passes, running routes, staying in the block, all that stuff. So he might outsnap Dylan, and Dylan still outrush Jones, if that makes sense. It's kind of a narrow window that I'm I'm giving myself, but I'm I'm going to say that that's a thing, or that's just a silly prediction. I can't make up my mind. I don't know. Uh, tight end notes: Daniel Crawford, tight end in Northern Illinois, is a new number eighty. Bailey Gaither apparently retired. I talked about that already. New Packers tight end Daniel Crawford looks like another Dom uh, Dom Daphne type H back. Move tight end ran a four six five four seven at two hundred forty five pounds. Caught sixty five passes at NIU. Matt Lafleur loves this type of tight end. Now again, getting back to well, let me just finish this second note here. Crawford's RAS is a four six two as a tight end, but it jumps to a 6-8-1 if you switch him to fullback. That'll play in Lafleur's H-back spot. So remember, this is the DeGuara role. I've talked about how critically important this is to Matt Lafleur and how much he really wants a guy. As I've said, when... Um, what is his name? The names are just escaping. I just said his name. Not Daphne. DeGuara. DeGuara week one had more snaps than Sternberger, and Sternberger had been on the team already for a full year. And DeGuara didn't even have much practice because it was COVID. He still outsnapped Jay Sternberger. Matt LaFleur really wants this guy. And with DeGuara hurt, he's he's desperate. He's going to find that guy, whether it's Daphne or whether it's Crawford or whoever. He wants and needs a guy like this on his team to be able to execute what it is he wants to execute. Next note says, defense completely forgot about Robert Tunyon. Wide open for a check down and rumbles for a nice pickup. Rogers to Tunyon is candy from a baby right now. Stokes the nearest in coverage again. Sounds like Stokes got beat again, this time by a tight end. So Winfrey and Jai, uh, and MVS and uh, Devante and Tunyon. And yesterday it was, I forget his name now, but everybody's beating Stokes right now. Not fantastic news. Offensive line notes, uh, starting offensive line, Jenkins, John Runyon, Myers, Braden, and Turner. That's from left to right, obviously. Runyon, look at it, left guard. Runyon's broad shoulders really stood out uh, when the pads are on. Elton Jenkins' strong camp continues today. Jenkins Jenkins won three straight reps versus Preston Smith to start one-on-ones, all from the left tackle spot. Jenkins shoves Smith to the ground on the final rep. Saw offensive tackle Cole Van Lannan at right tackle for what I think is the first time this camp. He's been uh, on the left up until today. couple defensive notes. So far, Joe Barry seems to be a much bigger fan of the 2-4-5 nickel than Petten. 
Lots of sets with two defensive linemen with Smiths, Barnes, Campbell, and Gary at linebacker. So I did talk to Coach Hahn a little bit about that. Um, he did say, if you listen to the interview that I did with him, that he expects there to be more nickel than dime, but he went on to elaborate that this isn't exactly the kind of nickel that he thought was going to happen, but he said it would make sense that this is kind of what he's going to run, but we'll just keep an eye on it. Um, and then the final note for defense here says Packers offense is abusing the defense with checkdowns right now. Nobody close on defense. So that's, you know, again, this is where you play with stuff or whatever, but that's definitely something Joe Barry's got to look at and say, okay, you got to kill this kind of stuff. And, and this is not something the Packers have generally been very good at. That's, you know, you, you think about linebackers in those spaces. Obviously, you could have corners getting off of blocks or whatever, but linebackers generally are going to clean that stuff up and they're just getting abused by checkdowns. So, you know, I don't know. Obviously, that's that's a catch-all. Maybe that's not the reality based on what the defense was doing, but um, it's got to get cleaned up. Defensive tackle notes, Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark look good in one-on-ones. Kenny Clark with a pass deflection at the line of scrimmage. TJ Slayton with a pick six. Police cars. (laughs) So stupid. So, (laughs) you may have remembered I told you that one time my uncle said, you know, you don't have to tell people that you're stupid. I'm going to do it anyways. So I copied straight from Twitter and I <laughs> I pasted it. it. It's probably not even that funny. Let me just read what it says and see if you can figure out what's happening here. TJ Slayton with a pick six, police cars revolving, light police cars revolving, light police cars revolving, light police cars revolving. <laughs> it says that like five more times. It's the emoji, but it, they write it out in text when you copy and paste it. And I just, I just read that, and that's hilarious. But TJ Slayton had a pick six, guys. How about that? With police cars or something. Final two-minute drill of practice. TJ Slayton takes a tip ball thrown by Love and runs it back. Big man was moving. Jordan Love nearly gets picked by Ty Summers in the two-minute drill. Next play, rookie TJ Slayton does a pick off of him, returns it for a touchdown. So this is, this is, this is fun. TJ's having a great camp, man. I mean, it's just, it's nothing bad. Um, you know you would hear it if he's getting pushed out of the way, if there's anything like that. There's nothing. It's just he's hard to move, and he pushes people around, and now he has a pick six. So it's all been good. And again, it's it's not the kind of thing where you're going to hear a ton of highlights because he's not a pass rusher, right? With Rashawn Gary, you heard a lot about pass rush, whether he was winning or whether he was losing. This, again, I don't expect a lot of that. I'm not hearing him doing great on pass rush, but that's not what I think he's going to be doing. The point is he's immovable. And he's doing a great job at that. And that's all we need. Edge rush notes, Rashawn Gary is a grown man, dude. I don't know what that means. Really showed his power during only one-on-one reps for his Turner. Jenkins had three competitive reps for his Preston. Got bull rushed on first one and then adjusted. Like I said, Rashawn every day. Um, next up says, hasn't always translated to 11 on, on 11s, but Rashawn Gary has been a stud in one-on-one since the day he arrived as a rookie. No different to the start third camp. Gary beat Billy Turner, a darn good right tackle in pair of reps. First rep was bull walking Turner back, second an outside rush, power, and speed. Rashawn Gary had what would have been a sack on a perfectly executed stunt. Rodgers throws away anyway to an open Devontae who dropped it clean. Again, Devontae with the drops. But that would have never happened anyways because Rashawn Gary would have gotten a sack on that play, and that is 11 on 11. That wasn't 1v1. Um, and then finally, nice play by Tippa to apply pressure Good thing he did because Kyle was wide open deep. Love couldn't locate him. Again, typical Leia always has good notes in training camp, but he never really makes it on the field. And again, his body type is is such that he's very he's going to be very specialized. But he just seems to do well, right? He's just a good pass rusher. And I think it's something that they should at least explore, even if it's just like a third down, you know, maybe run kind of a NASCAR thing where you got maybe Rashawn and Kenny and Zadarius inside with Preston and Tip on the out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe just see what happens, because he seems to always do a good job when he's in training camp, lined up on the edge, just getting pressures. He might be just kind of a Kyler Fackrell type of player. You know, if they run the ball in that toward Tipple, we're in a lot of trouble. But I don't know. Something to think about. Linebacker notes, Kamal Martin rotating in on one-on-one pass rush down, just went down. Uh, Trainers are looking at him, so Kamal got hurt, but he came back. Nice read by Devondre Campbell to slow up Jones' run. Jones wins easily against Campbell in coverage. Couldn't tell if it was man or zone, but Jones had plenty of space. So Devondre Campbell had a good running play, but he followed that up with a really bad coverage assignment. Um, I will reiterate what I've said before, and I, I hate to just cut a guy's legs out, especially for Packer fans who are excited, but 
everything I said about Christian Kirksey being overhyped and he's not going to be very good, I will say double E for Devondre Campbell. If you just look at his PFF grades, he's you have a hard time finding even one good game that the guys have. So I understand he's very experienced, and that's going to help out a ton as far as making sure he's in the right spot and everybody else is in the right spot. But as far as him just being a top-end football player, it's just not going to happen. And yeah, I'm putting my name on that one. Just If he's a great player, then feel free to call me out, and I will happily accept it. But that ain't going to happen. Next note says, Patrick Taylor cuts back right into the waiting arms of Oren Burks. Great patience and gap integrity from Oren. This is a, needless to say, a massively important uh, time for Oren Burks. If he makes it through this without getting cut, it'll be a, uh, it'll be a miracle. And, and largely because the talent is just lacking on this team, but it is what it is. Uh, inside linebacker Kamal Martin working with the outside linebackers several times today. Could be a position change or just an experiment. It's upsetting to me because, again, I still think he's... Still think he's our best linebacker, but we he's apparently is so bad we gotta try him at edge now. So I don't know. Whatever. Cornerback notes. Jair Alexander participated in one-on-ones, but again, sitting out team period for the third time in the last four practices. Rodgers goes back to Devontae deep on the right sideline. Nice job by Jackson getting physical early in the route to throw off the timing just enough. Ball bounces off Devontae's outstretched fingertips. That is Josh Jackson's one thing. Right. And I like Josh and I wanted him to succeed here, but it seems like his one big thing is being massively physical and just blowing somebody up at the line of scrimmage. And if he doesn't get called for a penalty, which is a 50 50, then, you know, might be successful. Gene Charles with great coverage on Amari Rogers in a great slot battle. Gene Charles beats Kylan Hill on a blitz. Looked like he could have had a sack. So it's, you know, big for him as well because he's clearly not the slot guy right now, but he's, he's fighting. He's, you know, scrapping for it. Screen to A.J. Dillon and just a fantastic read and play by Chandon Sullivan, our current number one slot guy, to stop him right away. Really nice play by Chandon. Jair Alexander picks off Rodgers on a downfield pass to Adams, and he's um, excited about it. So he's getting all jacked up. This is, this is what I love about this. Um, when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go against Eric Stokes, it's just not fair. Eric Stokes can't hang with that. Jair is literally going up against the number one you have... The number one corner just picked off the number one quarterback throwing to the number one wide receiver. That's what the Packers have right now. That's that is a quality football player. This is this is this is the best tandem quarterback to wide receiver in the NFL, and Jair just picked it off. I'm not saying it's impossible and it'll never happen by anybody else, but this is that guy's good. That guy's good. Next note, Eric Stokes is really struggling today. Lazard just beat him easily inside, and Rodgers found him in stride for a nice gain. Again, Stokes is just it's one of those things, you know, they talk about how young guys, they're, they're thinking, you know what I mean? He's, he's got all the athleticism in the world, but he just, he's lost out there. And to be fair, we all think or, or understand that Savage and Amos are a great tandem and are hopeful that that will continue and continue to be one of the best tandems in football. Let's not forget it was the entire first half of the season. Those two guys were not on, on not very good. They just weren't. They were not doing a great job. Jair, um, was not the Jair we now know early in his career, even the first two years. Trust in Jerry Gray. Trust that if, it, you know, in time, especially considering the help that he has around him with, with Jair on the other side and the safeties over the top, the experience of the guys on this team, that once the game starts to slow down for him, things will get better. But right now he is completely a lost puppy out there. Completely just completely lost. And it sounded like things were going great at first, right? You know, it's all just good news. He looks good. He looks clean. He's breaking up passes. Nobody can beat him. And now all of a sudden they're just picking on him and he's just getting ripped up. Final note, beautiful diving pass breakup by eight KB on Ento, who got a rep with the ones and made the most of it. And my daughter has completely forgot that I'm doing a podcast and has decided that every sound that is going to come out of her mouth for the rest of the evening is going to be a high-pitched shrill scream. So that, that may get picked up by my microphone but I don't feel like going up there and telling her to stop because I'm almost done. Safety notes. Yet another savage pass breakup on Tunyon, but 26 walks off with a leg ankle injury, so we talked about that already. Savage is back up with the helmet. Looks good. So he had two breakups on Tunyon. Got injured, but he's back. He's fine. Henry Black seems to actually enjoy contact. Rare quality in the Packers secondary the last few years. That's fantastic news, especially when you talk about the number three guy. And I know Amos was in the box in that last note that we had, but still... You got two guys that you know can cover real well. If you got a third guy that's, maybe he's not the greatest in coverage in the world, but he's just an absolute freaking hammer, I think I'll take that. 
Final note, Henry, Black's con- Henry Black continues his run as the safety and dime next to Savage. Final note is special teams, Kylan Hill getting the first look at kick return, followed by Chandon Sullivan. Looks like Amari Rogers and DeAndre Tompkins will get looks as well. So we didn't go over any of the press conferences. If you look at the time, you will understand why we are completely out of time. I think tomorrow, because I won't have two training camps to go over. In fact, I don't even know if they're having a training camp tomorrow. That'll be a great time to catch up. So we will continue. I will continue to look at the other camps. Um, I might even solicit some questions because I've been going at just a breakneck pace and um, haven't had a lot of time to really stop and analyze the information that's been coming out. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear whether it's teams around the NFL that we've talked about or the Packers or any of the, you know, just questions, thoughts, comments, whatever. Um, I'll try to remember to solicit some of those for tomorrow. And that's what we'll do. So anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.